Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence, a conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie? Over 40 years ago, REL was formed to acquire, develop, and manage real estate. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Scott Leibovitz, one of the second generation involved in what is now REL Enterprises, headquartered in Southfield, Michigan. Scott talks about his father starting the business, the story behind the name of the company, and his journey from involvement in the business at a young age to now as president. We discuss the long-range commitment and vision of real estate investors and get Scott's take on the changes happening in retail and office space today. Please welcome Scott to Generation Excellence. Yeah, so I guess I can start with the name of REL, which is uh, A-R-I hyphen E-L, and my father being Ari, A-R-I-E, and his last name starting with an L is okay. kind of where it arrived to arrive from. Um, he was an Israeli-born uh, at the end of the Holocaust in Poland and then went to Israel, and the word Ariel in Hebrew means godly lion. Mm. So that's the origination of where the name comes from. The company was founded by my father, Ari, back in 1979. He came to the country uh, in 65, right into the riots, um, right into Detroit from Israel. He met some good people along the way, uh, working for uh, uh, Aces Lumber. And this is one of his first jobs in the country was unloading the lumber for builders which he developed a relationship, you know, with these builders. And, uh, you know, one of his first uh, entries into uh, real estate was his first business was coin-operated washing and dryer business. Okay. So he developed a relationship with the builders who were building apartment complexes that he met at ASAs, and he was able to develop relationships to put eventually washer and dryers into these apartment buildings. The story goes, he tells me, he came in one day and there was a foreclosure notice on one of the buildings and he called, you know, the bank or whatever name was on it and, you know, said, I know this property better than, you know, most people because I go unit to unit, fixing mm-hmm. the washing and drying machines. How do I get an opportunity to try to, you know, buy this or manage it or whatever? And, uh, you know, got some financing in place, acquired that property ended up selling it to uh, uh, the Archie Sills was his name, um, a local developer who ultimately then became my father's partner for about 20 years. Great, right? Archie was 20 years older than my father, so he passed on probably about 15, 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, that was the start of the business. And the original model was, you know, my father would find the deals, he would, you know, Archie would line up the money and the investors. They would buy them together. My father, you know, would earn his piece by managing the properties, running the assets, which is where the property management piece, piece comes, comes from. from. And okay. Also doing the leasing and, you know, kind of just grew the portfolio over the past 40 years. And, 
never was a seller, you know, so we still have the original Attic. properties that he acquired. He used to name them, you know, this one's Ari Farmington. So we still have those properties in the portfolio that, you know, are some of his original acquisitions. I don't, I don't think today he would name a property after himself. But, right. You know. So you, you grew up literally in and around in the, the business. business. And, and so for, what was your f- kind of first memory of this as a, as a business or being dragged to something? Business or? was my summers working with the maintenance technicians, okay. going, replacing the light bulbs, cleaning the roofs. You know, it's still, I, I learned the business from the ground up, you know, and I uh, did that all, all most of my summers. And, you know, that's, I still tell people I go out to show these properties and work on whatever in the properties. I'm like, I know these properties I know. from the ground up. Were you, so was it always kind of a, a plan or envisioned that you were going to go into this business? I you know a few. I asked my dad. I don't think he, you know, planned on a family business. Um, but, you know, that was my trajectory, the direction I went. And full-time, I got involved in the business, you know, in more of a permanent role in, in 96, um, which was after school, where I, you know, had to grow up and get a real job yep. for being uh, dependable and reliable. And my first uh, stint was, you know, and then I was coming into a, a business that had people who had been working with them sure. for 20 years, and here comes the son and you know, mm-hmm. job. So, again, I started from the ground up. I started walking door to door. This was before email and all that, handing out flyers and trying to find tenants to bring into the building, and that was kind of my first role. And then I moved into property management to, you know, learn how to you know, run these properties. And, you know, my goal is to you know, move into acquisitions and continue, you know, that trajectory, which is primarily what my father does today, he spends most of his time, you know, looking at properties. Sure. And, you know, it's... it's you, you've, you've, you've lived and worked in some different places around the country, around the world. Yeah. yeah so I, I went to Haifa University on an overseas program. Okay. And uh, then when I came back, uh, my first assignment I was put on by my father was I was sent down to Hilton Head, South Carolina, which he had a property that consisted of an outlet mall, an office building, and a little drive-through bank. And for he had owned it at that point probably six, seven years, and it was for that period of time. He was flying down there, uh, whatever, once a month, completely dependent on everyone down there, you know, from contractors to his managers. And he said, hey, I need some eyes and ears down there. You know, you're in the position. You can get up. And we got in a car. I drove down there. I got an apartment. And I, you know, worked on site at that mall and cut my teeth, you know, because I was just I didn't know the property. I didn't know where, even where I was, you know, let alone be dropped off in a resort community when you're calling people and they're like, you know, yeah, I'll see you in about two weeks to power, come power wash for you. You know, it's different. <laughs> and I was coming down there ready to roll my sleeves up, get things going. And people, Hey, we're golfing. We're golfing. You want to golf? I, I don't even golf. Right. You know, my father's coming there 10 years. He never golfed. <laughs> so, that's where I learned quite, quite good experience because I was on my own, had to figure it out. 
and uh, it was good. So there's, you know, kind of grown up around a family business and being my entry to our business a little different, worked at some other places, came and went, but, you know, there's always those famous um, stories over the now, you know, for you all 40 some years of either, you know, something that, that, went awry or just some, some, like, what are some of the crazy stories from the history of, of REL enterprises? I guess most of my crazy stories come from, you know, some crazy clients. So it's more the people, the tenants, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. walking into, we've got a diverse portfolio of properties. So, you know, from buildings like you're in to light industrial buildings to retail. So, you know, this is, I thought I've seen it all. And I go into another eviction and it's like, whoa, what has this person been doing here? You know, so it's probably you know, all types of, from uh, walking in and the guy must have been running like a sex club or something. And the mm-hmm. thing was all decked out. So it's just <laughs> those type of, you know, weird litigation of, you know, claims that you just completely wrong or false and just someone's trying to come at you and you know cause you problems so you know working with my father working with the business you know we're different personalities sure. He's very aggressive i'm more laid back so you know it, it worked well you know i could say hey, you want Ari to start calling you you know that type of we, we worked yeah. worked very well for 20 years and if we had a fight no, I, not, you know, very seldom we have any arguments and I did my thing, my style. I knew he would support me and if I needed to bring him in to figure things out, he was there to do it. And, you know, that's how I learned that, the business. That, that's a pretty wonderful lesson. I had to learn that myself too. You know, your style sort of is your style and mm-hmm. as you age through a business, you tend to think you need to change it or you're trying to change, but, you know, people tend to be certain ways and then you make the best of that. Is there some motto, mantra, you know, line, you know, I'm an advertising guy, so there's always the theme. Is there some thing on the wall at, at your at your headquarter office that's kind of like a saying that goes back to the founding days or or or, or, or some, you know, know key phrase? Have, a, you know, the company key phrase is we make leasing easy. Okay. It's kind of our tagline. Um you know, I don't know if there's any particular, you know, that come from the background of working hard and, yeah, you know, those type of, uh, you know, roll it up, do it yourself and don't ask someone to do something you wouldn't do yourself. So. Well, I, I love that theme because we don't have the greatest archiving of the stuff from our founders, but one thing was absolute that stayed was this idea of roll up your sleeves and go to work. Mm-hmm. And that comes from even a business where they wore suit jackets and you weren't even supposed to take them off back then. So to take it off, hang it up and roll your sleeves up like with a tie on, that was like a radical concept where right? you're rolling up our sleeves. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as I sit in short sleeves talking to you today, how right. much has changed. So let's flip a little and looking into the future. I mean, I, I, I have some, friends and other people I know that are real estate developers, managers, whatever, there's always, and there's always that excitement about the next project, the new thing, the, so, I mean, some stuff that you're, that's, that, that's on the horizon or that, that you're excited about yeah, uh, finishing you know, off or. Yeah. Every deal, you know, I, I, I get some sense of excitement out, you know, if it's from a small lease to uh, you know, a build out or things of that nature, but some big, 
deals we're working on right now is the redevelopment of the Summit Place Mall in Walter sure. Township. So that was a big takedown. That's a big uh, redevelopment project that uh, you know we've been working on quite some time, and um, that's 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 a massive undertaking. That sure is. And what, what uh, I mean, you know, as you said, as a second generation person and, and generation or even what, what um, you have, a, you have a, uh, some other siblings in the business as well as part of the team? Yeah, I had a younger, a younger brother who uh, is 15 years younger than me. Okay. So he's in his early 30s that was in a different uh, business as a startup. Uh, type of tech company that at the end of the day he wound down and realized that uh, you know I think his career should is in real estate and Great. been with us about three years four years and uh, you know it's it's certainly brought a different dynamic to the business uh, positive and negative but uh, you know we're working through them and you know I'm playing the role of bridging a generational gap of my father who's 75 and my brother who's 30. My father doesn't even have a computer in front of him and my younger brother doesn't even want to print a piece of paper. Interesting. So, yeah. You know, my, my, my father doesn't look at anything, you know, he wants it printed out right, right on it. And right on the paper, all digitized. We're in the middle, you know, I still got my piles of paper. I couldn't imagine, you know, I'm with operating you. with them. But I look at some of these younger generations and they want everything automated and, you know, it has its pluses and it's, you know, it's, it's downside and I'm trying to, you know, uh, make it work because uh, it is a family business and I like to see my younger brother in it and enjoy, you know, being in it. So. And, and then, and for yourself, I mean, even some visioning, you know, continuity kind of planning of some of your children getting involved someday. I mean, is that kind of the, why not the path? Sure. Real estate is, you know, should continue on from generation to generation. There's no reason it can't, you know, so long as it's properly managed and, uh, you know, there's no reason it can't be left for, you know, my kids. And sure. I'd love to see my son or my daughter, you know, go into architecture or somewhere. Cause when I look back now, I said, wow, you know, if I would have knew where I would be today, I would have, you know, maybe focused a little bit more mm -hmm. on maybe in architecture or construction or some of those skills that I've learned along the way, but I certainly have, you know, just a surface level of them and have to realize. So, you know, I'm, uh, it would be great, but uh, no guarantees, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, and and you you mentioned that role of kind of bridging, you know, the pure digitization, automation, stuff still done on paper, all that. For yourself, is there a a skill set or something that you're working on, um, you know, learning or improving or or studying or anything like that? Uh, I try to learn something every day. Okay. Oh, I don't know that I'm particularly studying anything, uh, you know, to advance any particular skills but you know every day is a new deal and i learn something new from those experiences sure i don't know on the personal side i like to probably pick up some more hobbies because you know i i watch my father he doesn't have any hobbies and mm -hmm. work becomes his hobby and you know i also try to respect that work and and life balance um as well so you know uh 
you know, maybe some golf one day or something like that, but nothing I'm studying or working on. Cooking skills while I've been at home lately. Yeah, <laughs> certain things we've had to get better at. So, all right, we're dealing with the, I mean, yes, this is the first. Well, being a better years. leader, I guess I would say, you know, okay. promoted, if you will, the past year into this. Became the president. Congrats. Congrats. Yep. Which, like I said before, has taken me out of what I used to do on a day-to-day basis because I had a push that down to my younger brother and, you know, kind of left me in this new role. I'm used to being out of my properties. I'm used to showing them. I'm used to, you know, playing all that roles. And now I'm finding myself sitting in an office behind a desk. And, you know, so I'm trying to work on those skills and trying to be a better leader and, you know, support my team if it's from the accounting side or the property management side or the leasing side and give support, encouragement and and guidance to those departments, even though I might not know them all as well as the other people. So I'm using it as an opportunity myself to learn but also use my skills of being more of a personable person and, uh, you know, making the people feel good. Well, it's a fascinating study because you've got to be now learning, growing leadership and crisis leadership kind of in parallel. Yeah. And, and, and uh, the, in that crucible, that's, that's, I mean, we're, I guess, all going through it. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I can totally relate to what you're talking about when you're used to touching and doing a lot of the stuff and then you need to be more, inspiring others who are doing that, but be there for them and coach and counsel and support. Yep. You know, you know, I, I hate being in an office where you feel like people don't even want to be there. You know, they don't, they don't have a smile on their face. It doesn't need to be like that. Right. The morale and the mood. And so let's turn to the business at present because every business at present is going through whatever adjective to be used, unprecedented times, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, with all the talk about, I mean, as, as so many businesses are working in different ways, it, you know, people are questioning, talking about sort of the change of the idea of, of offices and the role of offices. And that's part of your enterprises, part, part of your portfolio, plus retail and other things. So you, you, you have a, you know, you have a good sort of, sort of, sight line on it what what do you what do you think's gonna stay the same what's gonna change this crystal ball kind of stuff but just wonder your take you know i I can say of the three sectors i deal in asset classes being retail office and warehouse light industrial property retail was hit the hardest yeah no doubt about it so you know those properties are some small strip centers where i got three food company, you know, three food operators in there, I can get one rent check, you know, so, you know, thankfully the, the portfolio is not retail heavy because I think there will be some casualties and some issues on the retail side as there's been all along. So in my mind, this doesn't help the situation in office, you know, I gotta think there's going to be some type of, you know, uh, reduction in demand, you know, from this experience of people working remotely, you know, but I, I, I can't say for sure. You know, I, I, I went from, you know, not even having an office that was ready to go remote to having to go fully remote. 
And I, sure. I, I see it. People like it. And, you know, I'm talking to some of my people. You're ready to come back. And I'm getting, oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yes, type of thing. We really like it like this. You know. Probably a spectrum. Like some excited to go back because they really feed off that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Others like the work from home freedom, flexibility. Yeah. And maybe I only have whatever, 15 people in the office. And, you know, I'm probably... You know, I don't, I don't know because I haven't asked uh, everyone, but, you know, I suspect, you know, some people, if they had to pick one or the other, some would prefer to stay home. And then I know others, they're sitting at home and they can't wait to get back to the office. Because like you said, they socialize and they have that, you know, camaraderie going on there and they're missing that. So how, how is it, how are you, I mean, you have lots of buildings, lots of tenants, your industry is pretty close knit. How, how are you getting information about kind of what some of these playbooks for return to work safely for office of the future for what's going to happen in retail where do you get your sort of guidance who do you have peer group okay yeah webinar city a lot of webinars you know so all of the you know all the big if it was plant moran or the brokerage firms everyone was putting on webinars in the real estate industry so you know with the time i Try to follow those. Have you led any? Have you produced no. any yourself? You've been more uh, sit in a chair and yeah, listen. My and, father okay. was on uh, two weeks ago. Uh, Derek Dickow has been doing like a weekly webinar, which has been very, I don't know if you're familiar with it, called Impact. Okay. So he's bringing once a week for eight weeks, he's probably in his fourth or fifth week, different panel of probably four or five experts from different uh, real estate industries to if it's the hotel industry. The, so my father was on the, so it's the broad real estate industry. Yeah, but, okay. Yeah, people, you know, questions. So my father was one, uh, did one with him a couple of weeks ago on industrial properties. But other than that, I'm typically just listening. I was listening there too, but it's all new to it's all new to me. Yeah, no, I've been a, a number of them. Most pretty good. Then a few not as good. And you realize you can just push the button and leave, mm-hmm. uh, and they don't I always even, feel bad. Sometimes I know they, but they're <laughs> sometimes they're looking. Sometimes they're watching the counts. Uh, have you had? I mean, I think we've all as individuals through this this period, you know, mood swings and emotional swings. Uh, and, and how, how have you been able to sort of stay positive and, and focused and energized like besides the uh, webinars? You know, it's, uh, I, I guess, transitioning a bit to this stay-at-home work type of thing. So, you know, I'm finding myself working earlier in the morning because I'm up. I don't have to get dressed. I don't have to drive to an office. So right. Can, you know, typically I'm getting at my desk at 9 o'clock at the real office. But here, you know, seven o'clock, I'm up, whatever, six thirty, seven thirty, I'm I'm ready to do work. So, you know, um I've been able to get out and ride bikes, walk with the kids, you know, the, the, the things that you don't do every day. Sure. You know, I didn't have an opportunity with you know, I got young kids uh, who are home from school. So, you know, it's it's been, like you said, ups and downs and how I've been managing it is trying to do different things. If it's taking a walk or taking a bike ride in the middle of the day. Learned, learned anything interesting from your kids as you, as they do zoom school and embrace tech? Like I feel like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they love, love roadblocks. 
they, you know, this, the, the whole online schooling thing in my mind has been very difficult. Sure. So I almost feel like my kids are on summer break already. And, uh, you know, they're spending a lot of time playing games on the iPad and, you know, doing a lot of other things other than school. So it's, it, I feel bad for the kids that age. You know, they're just everything they had from their friends to their, you know, their, their, their teachers and everything was just taken away from them. Yeah. You, know, you got an eight-year-old kid that's all, he, that's all he had. You know, that's all he knew. So now he's sitting around. He can't have play dates. And, you know, we're doing play dates on Zoom. So you're, you're, on, you're on a lot of calls and video calls and stuff. So they're absorbing and hearing a lot of your work stuff too, though, right? Yeah, I suspect yeah. They, they, they're hearing they're, it. They're, they're, the kids are pretty good sponges. Uh, what, I mean, you know, I think you have to be sort of an optimist to be in the business you're in and you really do you, I mean, real estate is there's a physical piece to it and there's a longevity to it. So you're, you're, there's a commitment. What, what opportunities are you seeing out there with all of this? You know, we we were coming out of a very strong, robust economy. So up until that point, it was very difficult to buy real estate because everything was overpriced. Sure. You know, our, our model was always, you know, value add buyers. So I'm not buying a developed Starbucks for a 6% return type of scenario. I'm looking to find something distressed, turn it around and add value. And Got it. that's where we make, make our money from. So, you know, up until this COVID hit, we were having a very hard time finding. We were actually selling because part of the portfolio, like I said, has some old product going back to the original days. So the sale prices were at numbers, you know, my father never thought he'd see. So we probably sold, you know, over the past 24 months, you know, three, four, five properties, you know, which we don't do that over a 10 year span sometimes. But, you know, the they were properties that we were ready to, you know, let go of. We were getting prices that, you know, you couldn't hardly, you know, turn down. And, you know, uh, then you get the cash and it's like, all right, so what do you do with the cash? So you have some capital to work with now. Yeah, so maybe a, we'll, okay. because our model is, is going to be another downturn. You know, is it now? Is it five years? Is it going to be 10 years? You know, we didn't expect it to go like it went. And I'm not sure you, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be casualties out there and there'll be foreclosures and things of that nature. Sure. You know, so we'll keep our eye open. It's a little difficult to do, you know, especially when I'm dealing with all the other operational side. But again, that's what my father does. And he's got his, you know, nose to the deals and the brokers come to him because they, you know, know what type of deal he likes. And when they find it, they know he'll, he'll look at it. And, you know, if it's a good deal, he'll go after it. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see over the next 12 months what's happened. You know, we found during this process, you know, everyone to be willing to work with each other. If it was from conversations we had with our clients to our vendors to the lenders, you know, everyone realized that there was a problem here, hopefully a short-term problem, and we all got to work together to hopefully bridge this gap and, you know, I'll get to the other side safely. And no, that's great. You kind of answered my next question, which was just about working together and, you know, the out of tough times, new ideas, opportunity, but also just new ideas, new ways of 
of working or looking at things. Yeah, obviously the the online and the electronic payments, things of that nature became, you know, to me more important. More, yes. After this, I also realize I'm not set up that well for, you know, all the online wiring. Well, I got a tenant who calls, can I wire your money? Well, yeah, you know, no problem. So, you know, trying to maybe make those processes a little bit more updated and doing things more electronically. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm finding myself, you know, we, we've got a ton of utility bills to pay, tax bills, all these reoccurring bills. And, you know, I get a stack of checks like this every week to sign. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, this should just all be electronically paid. Yeah, we, we've, we have shrunken the check pile and much more stuff electronic. You, you all do an EFT for our rent payment each mm-hmm. month mm-hmm. Uh, because why do the same check each month for the same amount, especially now where we're having to run it around to have right. signatures. Um, and During this process, we had to have someone go into the office basically every other day because rent checks were coming in. You still got to manually you know, run, them, run them through a machine right. to deposit them. So, you know, obviously. Yeah, no, it does. It, the, the digitizing, I mean, where your brother was coming from, he can probably do a little. Yeah. I told you so kind of things. And, and yeah. then it'll, it'll go both ways. Uh, you, yeah, you mentioned then family, business, business, family, you know, the, the balance. Uh, so when you all get together for a family dinner event, are, is, is it kind of like an extended board meeting? Or are you all able to talk about other things and. Kind of wonder what the boundaries are like and how that works. I would say most of my dialogue with my father, you know, always somehow diverts back to business. That's probably more him and I, one-on-one conversations. Um, You know, so I have a brother who lives in Seattle and his family. I have a brother who lives in Chicago, myself and my younger brother. So we typically do like a family trip you know, once a year. So typically right now we'd be getting ready to finish the school oh. year, head overseas. We do kind of, Sorry. <laughs> you know, right. A two week, three week family trip where my brothers are all come together under those type of environments. Business doesn't come up because my other brothers, well, one's a real estate attorney in Chicago. He's not involved in our business. And my other brother works for Microsoft in Seattle. You know, he's, They'll, they'll listen to it and you know, we can talk about it, but it's not the topic of conversation typically. Sure. No, that's nice. Well, at least you have him to draw on for the yeah. rapid digitization of the business and the others kind of related to it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, what would you say is the most fulfilling thing for you about this, this business? The fact that it's a generational business and the, the, you know, the, that story. Yeah, I mean, just to have the opportunity to carry on the legacy that my father created, you know, it was very, you know, important to me. I know he worked, you know, basically his whole life in this country to build this enterprise. And, you know, my goal, I always told him, is to carry it on in the best of my ability. You know, it's not necessarily to grow it. Because it's big enough. You know, it's big right now. So I always told them. How many million square feet are managed? It comes by in it. probably three million, three and okay. a half million square feet. So, you know, but 
you know, you, someone can I can't, five buildings that gives you that. Mine sure. takes about 500 tenants, you know, so that's a lot of leases to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of rent payments to collect. It's a lot to manage. So it's not like, you know, I got 50 tenants and I want to grow it to 500. I, I, you know, I struggle sometimes just keeping my arms around the existing portfolio. Yeah. And to me, that's crucial, you know, because, you know, it sustains itself and to take my eyes off of it because I want to look to grow the company and buy more. You know, I got to be comfortable. I got to be ready. I got to make sure I have the right people in place, the right processes in place. And obviously that's my next evolution, you know, as I see it. And, you know, my, my vision was my timing would be good because I see the market, you know, recovering and continuing on, you know, so my kids are young. I want to be home at five o'clock. I want to have dinner with them versus before I had kids, I would work yes, all day, all night. <laughs> and I just assume at some point in my life, I'll get back to there where my kids don't want to have dinner with me at five o'clock and they're out doing their own thing. And if you've got older kids, I'm sure you can relate. Uh, I can relate. Yes. And I'll be more time to be into business. And I suspect, you know, if I look at that being a five to 10 year, five to seven years now, that's when I saw the market kind of, you know, hitting another bottom. And, uh, you know, I felt that I would be you know, personally in the right position and, you know, have the business in the right position to try to capitalize on that next downturn. Because at the end of the day, that's how we make our money is because if you overpay real estate, on the real estate, you know, you, 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 you'd be carrying it sometimes. And, Got it. You know, yeah, no, the, the, the role, it's a, every industry has some form of roller coaster, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, do it 40 plus years like you all have. It's not a straight line. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's episodic when it's over, over time. We're in 91 years, but obviously it's a grind through right now. Any, anything that I neglected to ask you or should ask, have asked you about, REL Enterprises in your story or you thought I was going to ask or would want to tell people? No, no. I think it's a cool, cool platform you have here, you know, doing the Zoom. Obviously, we appreciate your business as a client of ours. And how often do you do this? Is this like a weekly? I, I, I had a goal to do an episode a month and uh, do have some lined up now over the next few weeks. And uh the, the whole common theme are individuals that are down the line of the generations in family businesses. They can be from all kinds of industries. It's just that's the common connector. And it seemed like there's a lot of discussion about startup businesses, especially in podcast land. And there are like wealth managers that want to talk to business founders, baby boomers who are looking to exit and wealth stuff. But the people that are second, third, fourth generation, your age, my age, that are just working in it, running it, dealing with, like you said, lots of clients, planning for the future, strategic planning, personnel issues, technology issues, and just sharing that stuff. There was, I just wasn't finding that as a, a lot of content about that. And so I'm, I'm not just, I'm in this, I'm in it with the people kind of, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm riding, the, I'm, I'm, I'm riding the bike as a trainer. I'm riding too. <laughs> yeah, we did some, uh, like a, we used a coaching a coach to try to help with the process. And it was a one who specializes in family 
Interesting. I was going to ask so you. You talked about the webinar. So who that coach? How did that? We didn't engage with him full time because he was of the position that that's got to feel right. Yeah, and or in his position was because we we went to hire a coach to help in the integration process of bringing my younger brother in. Terrific. Okay. Original plan was he was going to work under my dad. Okay. Well, about. Three months into it, neither of them wanted to work with each other. So okay. It kind of got onto my lap. And at that point, you know, we said, let's try to bring a coach in to help us. So Don Levin was his name. And he runs the family. Let me look him up. Because it's all exactly generational. Yeah, I mean, there's a conference, uh, Family Business Magazine does a couple of conferences a year. Kind of is his name. Say it again. Levitt, L-E-V-I-T-T. Okay, well, he gets a shout out on this podcast for people in this space. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll look him up afterwards. And I, I did do a, a, a recording late last year, put out the beginning of the calendar year with a professor who does coursework on generational businesses. So most of the time I'm talking to people who are in it, living it, but he also was himself part of a very successful uh, uh Pennsylvania generational construction and other industries. And so he was teaching it, not just theoretically, he'd lived it himself mm-hmm. and he had curriculum and coursework. And so it was kind of like an MBA in 40 minutes to just interviewing him. And that was pretty great. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about some of the people I've lined up. We'll uh, share this. You send like an email or do you have like a distribution list that says when they're coming and, you know, like uh, announcing your podcast? Uh, the, the, those regular emails that I send out about every three weeks, I do have sort of links to it on the bottom of that. And um, w- yes, uh, there'll be posts on social media when new episodes go live. And I of course, see, of course you yours. record them and then you post them. Record, edit, and post to uh, SoundCloud, and then that feeds it to uh, you know Google Play and and Apple's podcast and Spotify and Stitcher and those various places that people get their favorite podcasts from and curate kind of the podcasts they like mm-hmm. and 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 listen while they're out walking the dog or riding in the driving, you know, commuting or whatever they do. Yeah. So I'm learning while I'm learning while doing and both about podcasting and about these really unique businesses and, and some of the common themes and some of those special differences. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I really am. Thank you for doing this. Cause I, I, I just, I only knew enough to be dangerous about your business and I look forward to our team being back in our offices at some point. Uh, you know, we're probably going to be going more slowly on that than some other businesses because we are able to work remotely so well. But there's, as I've said, I miss serpentining around the office and just hearing and seeing things and you can't do that. Technology cannot replicate that in any way, shape or form. Um, I think that's why there'll always be a need for office space to a certain degree. Right. I also don't know how to wear a mask and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So there's two couple things that have to be worked out. Good seeing you. Good talking to you. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to Sam Daly, Eric Head, and Joel Bienenfeld at SMZ for helping make Generation Excellence, well, excellent. Until next time, I'm Jamie Michelson.